0: Welcome to Talking with Tremaine, a health and fitness show featuring Tremaine and David Ellis. Together, this husband and wife co-host team will bring you the benefits of what can be your best life. It all depends on your mindset and understanding of what a fit and healthy lifestyle can truly be. Now, here is Tremaine and David.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back for another week, another show Of the Talking with Tremaine show. I am your host, Tremaine, and I am here with my husband and co-host, David.
2: Good evening, everyone. How are you doing today? Hope well, hope your week was well, and I hope that you're ready for another great show.
1: And another great guest. So... Again, as we always do, thank you all for tuning in. Thanks for our overseas listeners. And this is a pretty cool show that we're doing. The topic is cool, but it's also cool because myself, David, and our guests, we're in three separate locations. We actually have someone from overseas joining us as our guest today. So gotta love technology, gotta love technology. But we are here with another great show for you, as mentioned. However, gotta do a recap.
2: Right, so what did you guys learn from last week's show?
1: What was last week's show?
2: It had to do with the mouth and... Right.
1: Making you wise eating choices over the holiday season. So we got,
2: yeah.
1: what, another week before Thanksgiving or two weeks before Thanksgiving?
2: Two weeks.
1: Two weeks. So you two still weeks got... and
2: a, two weeks and a day.
0: Yeah.
2: So, wait. Do weeks? Yeah. One No, one week. Oh, yeah. You know what? Sorry. One weekend a day. My bad. I was putting you guys in December.
1: Yep. So you got another week to listen to the show from last week and get your game face on. Get those smaller size plates. Get those veggies and fruits all ready to go for your holiday meals. It's
0: gonna be great. Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. Matter of fact, We suggest everyone listen to that show again from last week and then listen to it the day before Thanksgiving again, just to remind yourself.
1: Absolutely. So I guess, I don't know if we gave homework last week, but I guess we can't really ask anybody to do their homework because it hasn't come yet, the holiday.
2: Yeah, I think... I think what it is is that we're going to just say, like college, they're about to go on fall break if they haven't already gone on fall break. So we'll give them a fall break pass.
1: Mhm. But we do want to see your tables. Send pictures in after Thanksgiving or after your holiday parties. Pictures of your tables and your plate. <laughs> Send that in to info at com.
2: Right. And I definitely, I still want to see overseas. I want to see what you guys do. Uh, I know the last Thursday in November for us is Thanksgiving, but I don't think everybody celebrates Thanksgiving. But I just want to see well, what we you guys do. overseas like. guests. Oh, yeah. Who's, who's
1: originally from over here? But. I have some insights.
2: Right, right. Well, there you go.
1: So, we do have another great show for you today, and we're still sticking with that whole holiday season time. We know different people celebrate different holidays, and that's that's fine. But the fact remains, there's a lot of food. There's a lot of social engagements and uh, on our show today we're going to be talking about socializing with social anxiety and uh, we have our guest Elgin Davis on. He's going to be joining us in the next segment but this is this is a really interesting topic and I think a lot of misconceptions are made now I know I'm I'm an introvert and I know there's a lot of misconceptions made about introverts and how we interact or how we choose not to interact with others i.e extroverts (laughs) so and even though you know those dealing with social anxiety that's even a whole other level than just being shy or being an introvert so this is gonna be really interesting for me too because I I say I know how it how it is how some people look at introverts and anti social like I've been called antisocial. I've been called a mute. So it's just like a lot of times people they speak on things that they don't really know about or know the full details of, just going off perception that it's not if it's something that they don't experience personally it's hard sometimes for them to really get a clear understanding of you know what that actually entails. and that kind of goes back to our show on bipolar disorder a lot of times people feel as though individuals who who deal with bipolar disorder, they're just being moody or they just, they have no balance. They just go from one extreme to the other, but there's a whole lot that goes into, into that disorder that I was so happy when we had Cassandra on to dispel a lot of those myths and stereotypes and misconceptions. So we're looking to do the same thing today. We're all about bringing knowledge, bringing understanding so that you can do better and interact with others in a more positive way.
2: Right. Yeah. And it goes back to, I think this topic also kind of references, um, like the mental health issue as well.
1: All okay. right. Are you going to elaborate? <laughs>
2: oh, or I'm sorry. Yeah, so,
1: I, yeah. I, I, I thought I was there was more coming.
2: No, it just uh, kind of goes back to the mental health issue because of some of the same things, uh, you know, those with mental health. Like I have had bouts with depression, anxiety, ADHD, which I found out it was a lot more different things. So attention deficit disorder, syndrome, whatever you want to call it. PTSD, and all these things is just, they're labels. Um, I guess it's easy labels and a lot of people put band-aids on them, but, and those who have not experienced them, they kind of, just like you said, they have, a, it's a misconception about it, so we just got to do better at understanding or what have you. All right,
0: absolutely.
1: So, this, uh, this time Um, Yeah, I know at work we're already starting to get the the emails about company gathering coming up and team gatherings and all this good stuff so (laughs) definitely want to these this episode and the prior two episodes you definitely want to keep those on repeat because the first one, when we talked about keep calm and breathe, it, it can get to be a lot around this time of year. And we don't want to overwhelm ourselves with this feeling like we have to go to everything that we're invited to. And we have to indulge in all the foods that at these gatherings and you know that we just have to socialize with everybody at these gatherings. So it can definitely be a lot and just have to go into it. I think one of the tips we gave last week was um, focus, go into it with a positive attitude, go into it with the right mindset and knowing and do do what works for you. If, If you're uncomfortable in certain situations, you don't, have to put yourself in those situations find situations um, where you're more comfortable that's more engaging to you you don't have to pile your plate up with food just because it's there you don't have to look for perfection if you're the one that's hosting these events don't look for everything to be perfect because that's just not how life works sometimes <laughs> says the perfectionist
2: <laughs> yeah, just gotta make sure we're doing the right things and again it's all about taking care of yourself
1: absolutely uh, and that's not just the physical but the physical also <laughs> but the mental the emotional, spiritual all of that it, it's about the whole being and we've, we've used that term before or not I've used it before the whole being, so just have to just take a step back, take a deep breath, and just make it make it do what it do. And you'll be all right.
2: There you go. And that is a mouthful right there. So continuing on in this introductory part, what are some of the meals that you guys are planning on fixing and how do you think uh, someone or do you know anyone in your family that may struggle with some of these topics and we'll give you some signs and symptoms of these things so you can see exactly how it is and what have you
1: yeah and that's that's, that's uh, part of it to just just plan <laughs> plan ahead make a plan at, make a plan of action ahead and just You'll get through it. (laughs) Like I'm just thinking of everything that's coming up, and it's it's a lot. (laughs) As I mentioned, I'm an introvert. I don't know how extroverts feel around this time of the year. Like, are you excited about all the different stuff that's coming up? (laughs) Like to me, just thinking about it sometimes just drains me. And you kind of have to pick and choose and, okay, well, i go to this event. How long do I want to stay? I want to prepare this meal, but how much of it do I want to – like how far out into it do I want to go? Like I have – I know I have that issue. If I'm cooking for someone other than myself, I'm usually going to go all out because – I want to give options. I want to make sure everything is good. And sometimes that could be a little stressful, but, you know, got to keep it moving.
2: Yeah, I don't think, um, I really don't like the label thing. So I know for myself personally, this time of year, it's like, I can care less, or. Uh, you know about the events and sometimes you know you go to the events and it's just like you can be down and go and it'd be the greatest thing since sliced bread almost so it's just one of those things that you have to make sure you're aware of
1: yeah and to that point like for me a lot of these social gatherings depending on what the event is there's, there's often social drinking <laughs> of adult beverages, which I don't really do like that. And so sometimes for me, I kind of feel like, well, if I go, everyone else is drinking, I'm going to feel out of place. Not that I care that they're drinking or I, I feel pressured to, but you know, sometimes that ah, was one. sometimes <laughs> when people drink, a certain amount, they, their behavior starts to change and that can be an uncomfortable situation. So just have to know, know your surroundings and know when to throw up that church finger (laughs) and excuse yourself. (laughs) like, okay, it's time for me to go. It's been great.
2: Yeah, It is. It does bring a lot of undue stuff and some people show out. You know, it's almost as bad as uh, I think the closest thing we've come to it here in the States is like the people acting crazy over a chicken sandwich that's really unhealthy for you. Yeah.
1: So,
2: and matter of fact, both chicken sandwiches are really unhealthy. If you look at the ingredients in it, it will blow your mind.
1: Yeah, I, I still haven't tried the, the Popeye's one, but Chick-fil-A is delicious. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> not that yeah. not that, that makes it right, but... <laughs> and I got in my app a free three chicken strips, so am kind of excited about that, but <laughs> totally off subject. But uh, we are coming up to that point of the show where... We've got to take our first commercial break. And on this break, we would like for you all to do. Yeah, you know, we haven't done push-ups in a while. Let's do some push-ups. If, if, you're, if you're bad, do some elevator push-ups, Cynthia. You can either do incline or decline. Use your sofa or something
2: sturdy. do <laughs> yeah, so right, so, some plyos.
1: There you go. Shayla, too, you can do them too. I don't think we forgot about you. All right, so get those push ups in, and we will be back in a bit.
0: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
2: Training with Tremaine is where you want to visit for your motivation and results. Stop by to find out about our training programs. We offer both one-on-one training as well as group training for corporate functions and organizations. We offer boot camps, couch to 5K, and road to 10K running programs. And coming soon virtual training. Also, take a look at our store for the best in motivational products like t-shirts in both kid and adult sizes. Visit our site at
0: trainingwithtremaine.com. That's trainingwithtremaine.com. Can you truly expand your possibilities beyond what your normal capabilities are? It's very possible when you can know more, do more, and be more. Tune in each week to Shift Happens with host Karin Weary and featured guest co hosts. The world is waiting for you to show off your unique gifts. It starts with healing yourself mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Once the scars of our past are gone, we can truly begin to shine. Listen to live every tuesday at 2 p.m eastern time and 11 a.m pacific on voice america health and wellness have you become a member yet sign up now to become a member of voice america it's always free and easy plus you get to take advantage of some great member benefits get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels keep track of your favorite episodes shows and hosts in your own customizable library Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Talking with Tremaine. To reach our program today, call us at 1-866-472-5792. That's one 472 5792 You may also send an email to info at Now, back to Talking with Tremaine.
1: All right, all right. You, you all can stop doing those push-ups. incline, decline, plyo, however you did them. Great job, everybody. So we are back, and we have with us our very special guest, Elgin Davis. Welcome to the show, Elgin, and thank you so much for being a guest on our show.
3: We appreciate it. Thank you all so much for having me.
1: No problem. No
3: problem.
1: So if you would, Elgin, before we get into the topic of the show, just share with our listeners a little bit about yourself.
3: Yeah, so my name is Elgin Davis. I'm currently in my fourth year of undergraduate studies at Harvard University studying computer science. At the moment, I'm living in Berlin, studying abroad, Um, trying to finish college as efficiently as possible while also seeing the world, I guess. Um, I guess I do some mobile app design. I make video games. And earlier this year, I actually wrote a newsletter series about mental health called demystify mental health and so in doing that I actually had a lot of opportunity to research um, a lot of different mental disorders and also like living with social anxiety disorder myself uh, it was really interesting to see some of the different aspects of that uh, from the different major Mm -hmm. mental health institutions and what they say about that and then talking to other people with other mental health disorders and so I kind of became really interested in that. And I have a feeling that something like that is uh, why I'm here today.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. That is, that's awesome. Uh, I, that's just good stuff. Um, And I love to see when college students, even high school students, just take advantage of their resources and opportunities. He's in Germany, y'all. <laughs> right,
3: <laughs>
1: and and that's just amazing. I don't. Do we have those kind of? Uh, we probably had those kind of opportunities, but um, they weren't taken advantage of. So I, I just love to see individuals like that, like um, Rochelle, her daughter. She was just somewhere. She's in high school. She went somewhere out of the country with her school. And it's just great to see students taking advantage of those type of things. So kudos to you, Elgin.
2: Thanks so much.
1: <laughs> no problem. And he's computer science, developing apps and everything like that. That is that's awesome. <clears throat> but that's that's this generation. Um tech, tech savvy.
3: So right.
1: that's kids' stuff, good stuff. So For our show today, we are talking, and Elgin touched on a little bit in his introduction, about social anxiety. So, first off, what is social anxiety? It's also known as social phobia. So, I'm going to first give the definition um, found off of socialphobia.org, and then we're going to... Kind of just talk a little bit about it, um, bring Elgin in, give a little insight on some of the research and personal experiences that he's had uh, with social anxiety. So according to sociophobia, sociophobia, <laughs> uh, social anxiety is the fear of social situations that involve interaction with other people. You could say social anxiety is the fear and anxiety is being negatively judged and evaluated by other people. It is a pervasive disorder and causes anxiety and fear in most all areas of a person's life. It is chronic because it does not go away on its own. Only direct cognitive behavior therapy can change the brain and help people overcome social anxiety. And that last part we're going to talk more about um, in the next segment as far as the cognitive behavioral therapy but that's just an overview of what social anxiety is defined to be and um so Elgin from your experience when did you first realize um that you had social anxiety and were you aware at the time that that's what it was or was it later on um, that you realize hey this is this is a lot of what I deal with in these situations
3: yeah, so um for most of my life i I kind of felt that um, I was different in some way, and it was usually chalked up to either shyness or uh, introversion, as you, I think you mentioned earlier um, mm-hmm. in the first segment, and there's a major difference between shyness and social anxiety because. Shyness is a personality trait, and it's, um, it's not rooted in fear, as anxiety disorders are. Mm-hmm. And so as I started to kind of grapple with that, that difference, as I started to learn more about mental health, um, it was, I think, my sophomore year in college when I, I actually had a conversation with one of my roommates. Um, I was talking about shaking people's hands because uh, with social anxiety, that's one of the things that gives me the most trouble just like a a very mundane, ordinary activity, uh, social activity. When you see someone you know or meet a new person, um, it always felt like a performance and that if I uh, messed up a handshake in a certain way that I would be humiliated in front of all one to 100 people that happened to be in the room. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: And I had this conversation with my roommate about um, the fact that I felt that I was missing out on certain interactions with people and like certain connections, because I didn't always reach out my hand to shake their hands when I, when I saw friends or met new people. Um, and then after learning that, I kind of started doing my own research to figure out what exactly was happening and why it wasn't as easy as, oh, I want to do this thing. Let me do this thing. Um, right. cause there was that fear associated with, okay, if I mess this, this, interaction up, um, something very bad is going to happen. And so the more research I did, I actually traced it back to my childhood, which I think um, a lot of these kind of disorders are rooted to some traumatic event in childhood.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And so I think I was three or four years old. Um, my mom loves this story. <laughs> um, I was, I was in, I guess it was preschool and I had a bag of gummy bears that I was like really excited to eat uh, for our snack time. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, pulling at the bag of gummy bears and instead of just tearing the corner and the bag exploded and the gummy bears went all over the floor and there was a carpet floor, I think. And so there was, of course, hair all over the gummy bears when they were on the floor. And instead of... Um, just picking them up and putting them in the trash. I started eating them one by one off the floor as any three-year-old might do.
1: <laughs> right.
3: And I remember distinctly uh, everybody in the room turned around and looked at me and they started saying, of course, what you would expect other three-year-olds to say. They're like, oh, that's disgusting. That's gross. Why are you eating off the floor? That's, that's so weird. And the teacher, of course, uh, wasn't much help in that situation. And I just remember feeling so humiliated and it was it was um it was a really significant event and I think after that, every time I entered a social interaction, I felt like I was being watched as I was in that in that moment, and now it kind of propagates through all these uh, social interactions, even the very small ones, like the handshake um, I feel that same uh, feeling of being watched of being observed and kind of like I'm performing in these social interactions yeah and oh. so yeah I guess it kind of spans uh 20 or so years between that first event and when I realized it was actually social anxiety and all of these other things that happened um they were all connected
1: mm. wow yeah that, that
2: seems like a very traumatic event um but I guess, you know, like you mentioned, everything kind of trails back to our childhood. Uh, so even with those types of interactions, um, simply, I, I think if your teacher would have did something to help the situation instead of making it worse, then right. it probably would not have been as bad of a situation but you would think also when you said the, about the handshake like a lot of people and even coming from the military as a medic a lot of people don't shake hands because some of them are germophobic so i know a lot of people may think that just because you don't shake hands you're germophobic or something of that nature just hearing it not knowing about it but they wouldn't put two and two together about, oh, well, this guy, he deals with social anxiety. So, yeah. I mean, that makes perfect sense, though. Yeah,
1: and I think, as I mentioned in the first statement, when someone does not deal with a certain uh, issue or disorder themselves, they they don't feel others can. Like, well, I'm, I'm cool with shaking hands, so you should be, too. And it's right. a lack of not, I don't know if empathy is the right word, but just the lack of consideration for other than what they may deal with. And right. kind of judgmental, really. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So um, according to Anxiety and Depression Association of America, social anxiety disorder affects approximately 15 million American adults. And it is the second most commonly diagnosed anxiety disorder following specific phobia so it's is more common than we may realize but again it's about perception people don't understand and they don't know so they just assume everybody like like they are
2: right and even with you saying that it's the second most commonly diagnosed anxiety disorder among specific phobias that means like arachnophobia, you know yes. fear of heights, um I can't think of what the fear of heights thing is like i I don't like heights, Small places. yeah, and you know it's just things of that nature, and I think and to me, and I could just be speaking out of out of term, but to me it's like a phobia is basically it's just a fear i don't know why to just make up words but it's just simple as fear um yeah. so certain situations and i i'm not sure elgin I, I hope i don't come off as offensive saying this because I, i'm also speaking to myself but certain situations like they may appear more fearful fearful than they actually are so even now, like your social anxiety or social phobia, it could present. So does, that's what I wanted to say. So it, it doesn't sound like I'm a accusatory, but right. does, it present, does it present as something that you're fearful that might happen that actually doesn't happen?
3: Yeah, exactly. Um, there is there's a metaphor that I like to think about when I um, think about social anxiety. It's kind of if, it's kind of like if you have, uh, say, a home alarm system, and you might miswire this home, home alarm system so that it tr- it's triggered by things that aren't actually alarming. You know, like um, someone's not actually breaking in, but the alarm's going off anyway. And so it's like maybe a cat's running across the grass and the alarm system goes off. So with my social anxiety, it's kind of like, these things shouldn't be triggering my, my nervous system to say, Hey, you're in danger. Um, you know, fight response, flight response, freeze response. Um, the alarm system's going off at times that it surely doesn't need to. And that's kind of where the biochemical uh, aspect of mental disorders comes into play because, um, in these situations, I'm very much aware that there's nothing to fear, but, um, There's not always a place for uh, rationality in these mental disorders. And so the body might just take control um, kind of subconsciously and I, you know, then it's out of my mental capacity to actually um, take control of the situation. Yeah. Uh,
1: That was really, really, stated really well. I I think that really broke it down. Uh, That's it. And that kind of uh, led into the next point of what you see is not always what you get. You know, people with social anxiety many times are seen by others as, like you said, shy, quiet, backward, withdrawn, unfriendly, nervous, nervous, or disinterested. But um, it's just so much more to it than that. And um, real quick, we're going to have to pick up, because we're coming up close to our next commercial break, but I wanted to ask, too, Elgin, like, what are some of the perceptions or misconceptions that others have had about you when it relates to social anxiety and how you interact in certain situations?
3: Yeah, um, I guess some of the biggest things that I've heard are things like it's all in your head. You're just mm-hmm. overthinking things. Uh, just stop being so anxious all the time or the whole like shyness or introversion um, perspective which kind of missed the point in general um, I don't know I'd say mostly that pe- people struggling with social anxiety disorder or other anxiety disorders um, they need more so love and support than advice especially yeah. from people who don't actually experience these things and they, they don't have a first person um, knowledge of what's actually going on you know
0: yeah,
1: exactly. Good. Let's put a pin in that, but I definitely want to come back to that after the break. So, on this break, how about let's do some Let's do some reverse crunches. Get get that some working those abs. All right, and we'll be back in a minute. <laughs>
0: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
2: Training with Tremaine is where you want to visit for your motivation and results. Stop by to find out about our training programs. We offer both one-on-one training as well as group training for corporate functions and organizations. We offer boot camps, couch to 5K, and road to 10K running programs. And coming soon virtual training. Also, take a look at our store for the best in motivational products like t-shirts in both kid and adult sizes. Visit our site at trainingwithtremain.com. That's trainingwithtremaine.com
0: Perspectives with Dr. Badisha Patel is a program that explores emotional management for a healthier lifestyle. On each program, we discuss ideas that support emotional well-being, such as mental illness, relationships, parenting, and family connections, and much more. If you are facing challenges in your life, you can grow and learn by exploring new techniques in dealing with stress, anxiety and relationships perspectives with dr vadisha patel airs live wednesdays at 1 p.m eastern time 10 a.m pacific on voice america health and wellness
2: have you had a chance to
0: check out voice america's online magazine and blog if you love our hosts and shows check out articles that give an even deeper perspective plus topics about health and fitness movie reviews philosophy business tips and tactics spirituality positive thought current events and even more about your favorite host it's just a click away at
2: blog.voiceamerica.com that's blog.voiceamerica.com the
0: voice america press blog all access all the time opinions options answers you're listening to voice america health and wellness you are listening to talking with tremaine to reach our program today, call us at 1-866-472-5792. That's one 472 5792 You may also send an email to info at Now, back to Talking with Tremaine.
1: All right, everybody. You can stop. What do we have them do? Reverse crunches? Yes. <laughs> okay, you can start doing the reverse crunches. Hope you had your abs in tight and you were breathing during that. But, yeah, we want to get right back into this because this is some really good stuff. Um, And one thing you said, Elgin, one of the misconceptions or one of the things that people tell you is, well, kind of like, just suck it up, just do it, stop being so anxious. And (laughs) my thought is, if it was really that simple, <laughs> you probably would. Probably and I think, done it, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, and and those are the things that just baffles me with people and things that people say. Like, do you really hear yourself? Like, do you really feel these individuals who, whatever disorder they have, that they say, okay, I want to have this disorder. I want to feel anxious in social situations. I want to have this fear of you know, certain things happening, like just <laughs> sometimes that whole thing before you speak, that's, that's, that's a good place to insert that. Um, <clears throat> but also you mentioned sometimes that, you know, you start shaking in situations. So there are some signs and symptoms, uh, associated with social anxiety. And I think, um, Elgin touched on a lot of these. This is also uh, from, I believe, the Socialphobia.org. site. It listed uh, two different types of symptoms, triggering and emotional. And <clears throat> some of the triggering is being introduced to other people, being teased, criticized, being the center of attention, being watched or observed, uh, meeting people's eyes, uh, swallowing, writing, talking, making phone calls in public. And then it spoke on Some of the emotional symptoms, the feelings that accompany social anxiety, include anxiety, high levels of fear, nervousness, automatic negative emotional cycles, racing heart, blushing, excessive sweating, dry throat and mouth, trembling, and muscle twitches. And I think Elgin touched on a lot of these. Um, And so Elgin, when you are in a social setting or you're getting ready to enter one, what are some of the, and I, I think you may have touched a little bit on this um, earlier, but what are some of the signs and symptoms that you experienced and how do you at best try to keep them at bay or try to do enough so you can at least get through the uh, situation?
3: Yeah, so um, <laughs> I pretty much experienced all of the symptoms just in <laughs> yes. different uh, at different levels and uh, at different times as well. Um, but definitely rapid heartbeat. That's probably the biggest one. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually have a a short story. Uh, I think it was maybe the first week I was here in Germany. And I was in the supermarket and I was looking for peanut butter. And I figured it was supposed to be near the jelly. So that's where I went. Of course, um, with this whole (laughs) disorder thing, like you do everything you can to find things on your own before you have to ask a stranger for help in the supermarket. And after I could not find the peanut butter um I knew I knew I had to ask the someone who works at the supermarket and I was like I was so terrified by the the aspect of doing that because I wanted to ask in German and I actually knew the phrase in German to ask uh, for like I'm looking for peanut butter and so I had everything I needed and rationally all I needed to do was ask for the peanut butter and she would tell me where the peanut butter was but instead um the, the anxiety took over and I spent 45 minutes walking around the store um, just trying to work up the courage to, to ask this person where the peanut butter was. And I had my heartbeat was beating very fast. Uh, I, was really, I was really tense, starting to get dizzy. I almost gave up and just didn't get the peanut butter as much as I wanted a peanut butter and jelly <laughs> sandwich.
1: Um,
3: I started feeling shortness of breath. It was, it was essentially a panic attack. And uh-huh. so... Um, In that situation, what ended up working for me was just uh, allowing myself to have the time to calm down enough um, to do whatever it was I needed to do. And so after that 45 minutes of looking for peanut butter or pretending like I was looking for peanut butter, (laughs) just waiting to ask this person where the peanut butter was, um, I gave myself enough time to calm down for my nervous system to kind of settle into the situation and then to finally ask for the peanut butter. And so I spent an hour in the store and I got my peanut butter eventually. <laughs> and I, um, I was excited that I finally accomplished it. Yeah. But I think um, allowing yourself to have the time to for your nervous system to de-escalate the situation, I think, is really important for social anxiety.
1: That's, that's great advice. I think, and that, I think that can translate to... Other stressful situations is giving your time yourself time to calm down and regroup, and I think that's excellent, excellent uh, tip right there.
2: But you're saying something to give yourself your nervous system time to calm down, and I think, I feel, um, just as a person who also struggles with a um, disorder of that nature, I think that if we, not only do we give ourselves time to Calm down and think about those situations, but actually, you know, I, I, I think all the anxieties they kind of go to the same treatment, and it's just like the rapid heart rate and what right. happened. Because like my anxiety, like I get when I get like that, like it's it's pretty bad, and I have to kind of calm myself down. Like I have to be like, okay, this is not you're not in a dangerous environment. And I have to tell myself, reassure myself. So, and I I definitely understand everything you're saying. So it it speaks volumes, but yeah, we appreciate you even sharing this stuff. This should be like a big social phobia as well, because even though it's just us three right now, once it goes out, you have the millions or thousands, and I may have just created a social anxiety thing right there.
1: Oh yeah. I'm well aware. <laughs> yeah. I'm well aware.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. This, this is great stuff and, and people need to know, they need to understand that there's more to it than what the eyes may see. So.
3: Right.
2: Right. So now we want to talk about some of the therapy and treatments. Um, And as mentioned in the first the second segment about the cognitive behavior therapy, this is a common type of talk therapy or psychotherapy is often preferred type of therapy, um, psychotherapy, because it can quickly help you identify and cope with specific challenges. So with that, have you knowing that you have social anxiety, phobia, have you actually talked to a therapist or what have you?
3: Um, yeah, I actually had in, in college, um, it was more specifically how it related to my studies, but yeah, I talked to a, an academic counselor for things like this.
2: Okay. That, that makes sense. I mean, just, and like I said, being someone who goes through it and it's, uh, people don't understand. It's like a lot of times you don't even need to talk to a therapist. You just need to talk to someone who will not judge you. Right. Um, and encourage you. And a lot of times it's like when we can't get out ideas or we feel like people don't listen, it's like you're kind of playing out the whole scene in your head like Tremaine will tell you in the heartbeat. We've had conversations and I have had a whole conversation between Tremaine and I back and forth and Tremaine is just like so you just had the whole conversation, huh? I'm like, yeah. Cause you, you know, I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing my part. I'm like, so what do you want for dinner? And you're like, ah, oh, well, you know, I don't know. It's like whatever you want or something of like that, you know? And it's just like, and she just looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, yeah, it's just one of those <laughs> things. But, you know, but another type of therapy is like in a couple of these things, therapy and treatments goes to like exposure based cognitive behavior therapy, where you gradually work up to facing the situations you fear most Um, This can improve your coping skills and help you develop the confidence to deal with anxiety, including situations and also medications, selective serotonin, reuptake inhibitors, other antidepressants, anti-anxiety medications or beta blockers. So some of these things, and I know you talk to um, your academic advisor. I know in my experience, like the VA, they will try to throw medications at you all the time. Right. Anything. Hey, uh, I got this little paper cut. Oh, well, here, take this medication. And it's just like, wow. But in our society, um, medications are, it's just an easy thing. Uh, I used to have a doctor from Nigeria and in Nigerian medicine or overseas medicine, they don't go medication first. They go, okay, well, what is this? Change this right here. Okay, great. I like that. Um, So have you ever thought of, have you ever heard of like exposure therapy or have you considered medications per se?
3: Yeah, so I haven't considered um, regular medications too much at the moment, but exposure (laughs) therapy uh, for sure, because most of these things that induce anxiety for me, I've realized what the situation is. i realize that it's not, um, it 's not always in my control how my body's going to respond to these situations, and so I force myself to do these things anyway, like the handshakes. I do my best to force myself to reach out my hand to shake people 's hands or to give talks or speeches or to audition for things or to do podcasts or just any <laughs> anything um, that I feel like can desensitize my system. Um, Because once I do it and then my system realizes, oh, nothing bad happened, okay, I don't need to trigger the alarm the next time that something like this happens. And then it kind of wears down the system over time. And so, yeah, exposure therapy is definitely helpful for something like this. But um, also with a great deal of caution, because panic attacks are very possible and inducing things like that isn't always the best idea.
1: But I feel yes, like, um, like going back to your peanut butter story, that kind mm-hmm. of reading the definition, it kind of, that kind of played along the lines of the exposure base because you yeah, gradually exactly. worked up to figuring facing that situation. So yeah,
3: yeah, and that's pretty much what that was for me because I I surely could have just walked out without the peanut butter. Said mm-hmm. I don't want to ask, and it's really making me feel anxious about asking. So I'm just going to leave and order peanut butter on Amazon. Um, (laughs) I chose not to do so because I knew that this would help me in um, overcoming this disorder uh, to an extent.
1: Kudos to you on that. It's, it's the, <laughs> what, well, I'm going to say small win, but for you, that was a huge win. That was a
3: huge win. Yeah. It took an hour, but it was a, it was a win nonetheless.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You got that
3: peanut butter and jelly
1: sandwich.
3: <laughs> I got that oh, sandwich. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, along
2: with all these therapies, uh, this goes, this next section, these are what I like, aside from the cognitive behavior and talk therapy. But the integrative medicine are alternative treatments. So there's acupuncture. Um, there's some scientific evidence that acupuncture helps with certain symptoms of anxiety and yoga. And yoga is the communion of the body and the mind, explained by Gutari. I think I pronounced that right. I may have missed it. Gutari, whatever. Uh certain yoga postures can create neurological changes that reduce anxiety from a psychological view. The discipline of yoga allows us to practice observing our thoughts without acting upon them. Very so all those things like I am of the belief. I have the belief that God created a raw or natural cure for everything. With that being said, which sounds more like something that you would participate in cognitive behavior therapy or the alternative treatments?
3: Um, yeah, I think alternative would probably be my first uh, inclination. Just thinking about, um, I think, Tremaine, you mentioned an idea of like total health. And with mental health in general, I think about. Um, it's one piece of the puzzle. There's mental health, emotional health, physical health, spiritual health, and then you combine all of these things and things like yoga and acupuncture. Um, while the, the standard um, treatment methods work on a biochemical level, I think um, combining all of these different um, parts of the self are really important um, to make a long-term solution because I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it's very easy to become dependent on medication as well. And that's kind of like the, the quick fixer. Um, mm-hmm. It's not as sustainable if you have to continue taking the medication to um, solve the problem or, yeah, solve the problem each day instead of solving it once for the rest of your life.
1: Right.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it's like a, a band aid bag. <laughs> uh, right. Regardless, uh, if you have a, a gaping ulcer in your arm, put a Band-Aid over it, that ulcer is still there. But if you take that Band-Aid off, you'll see. Or, you know, so it's just, it's one of those things. And one thing that we did not put up here, exercise also helps out. Um, Even though I get, I kind of have a social phobia when I go to the gym. That's why I wear headphones a lot of times to where I don't play music. I just have headphones on because mostly if you have headphones on, you won't talk to someone. Uh, but yeah, I just like to focus with that. So, and then the uh, last one thing here we have is diet, eating regular and small meals. Uh, when you skip meals, your blood sugar levels drop and you may feel irritable, jittery, um, and have worsened anxiety. Aim to eat five to six smaller meals, uh, and snacks throughout the day to keep your blood sugar levels up. Uh, from plummeting. So eat whole grains, good carbohydrates, avoid refined sugar, drink herbal tea instead of coffee, limit alcohol, take a multivitamin, watch artificial sweetener consumption, include omega-3 fatty acids, drink water. It's not so shocking that our diets play a major role in our mental health. Listening to the list of items that were listed, what is something you either do or may consider changing?
3: Yeah, for me personally, um, I actually recently made the change to only eat plant-based foods, and that's had a drastic um, shift on my mentality and my overall composure. Um, so I'd advocate for that one. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Yeah.
1: And uh, that is, I hate that we can't go more in depth into that, but that is our time. For um this show uh thank you again, Elgin, so so much this was this was great <laughs> this is great and um as a final wrap up to our listeners, I uh, would just want to say thank you uh, this is our fortieth show, and we're taking a break, <laughs> but uh you'll still be able to listen to our podcast. you can listen anytime on info. Uh, not info, talking with You can still email us at infotalkingwithremain.com. At this is not the last you'll hear from us. We'll be back um in time. <laughs> but um I think we went out on a great note. All of our guests have been exceptional, and we we believe that you've gotten something from these 40 shows that we've done. And just look look for the name in the future. Um until then y'all have a great one we love you always
0: thanks for tuning in today be sure to join tremaine and david ellis for another edition of talking with tremaine next wednesday at 3 p.m pacific time and 6 p.m eastern time on the voice america health and wellness channel we hope to see you here next week